We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Pete Sweeney. Pete Sweeney. Pete Sweeney. Pete Sweeney. Pete Sweeney. Pete Sweeney. Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney. It is time to talk to our Chiefs insider, Pete Sweeney, presented by FanDuel, America's number one sports book, the official sports book of 610 Sports Radio. Good morning, Pete. Uh, you you reside on the Missouri side, so we thought it was perfect for you to still be allowed to join us today. What's up, homies? Just <laughs> hanging back. Okay. Uh-huh. No, I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. at Arrowhead Stadium. Why are you? Why are you kidding? What's wrong with it? Would have been perfectly fine, Pete. Yeah, <laughs> don't shame people. Final, final day at uh, Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, we have uh, media today, and then we will not be back here until the preseason in August. So That's it's, crazy. Uh, to think it's, about. A, it's a it's a closing of the stadium in a, in a sense today. In listening to Andy Reid the last couple of days, I know he talks a little bit more. So some of these stories come up. He seemed way more sentimental about his time with Frank Clark and the rookie players this year than even like the Philly stuff. You know, Pete, when I listened to him, the Frank Clark stuff really stands out to me. Like, I feel like they could have easily just walked, written him off, given up on Frank, right? And been like, yeah, we're good. We'll find a different pass rusher. This isn't going to work out. As much as they stuck with him, they're obvious it's paying huge dividends. Yeah. And, and, you know, you think about players in this recent history of the chiefs that have, performed in the playoffs and you're always considering the contract questions and a a couple guys really come to mind Frank Clark being one of them Sammy Watkins now being another and then just go to last Sunday I'm sure there were some people being like hey you know did we really need Marquez Valdez Scantling and when you have a playoff performance like that yeah you may be paying him for the whole year but that's worth it I mean he was a reliable player for the Chiefs probably didn't live up to necessarily the expectations we were thinking in the off season, but then you have an AFC title game like that and you win the AFC title. And a big reason is because of a player like that. He, he's just another one. And then getting just back to the, the Clark stuff, people don't realize just how close Andy Reid is to all of these players and, and some of the things that go into being a head coach. I mean, your door is knocked on the entire day when you're you're a head coach and you're responsible for taking care of not only the players, but your coaches and your staff. And yeah, Andy Reid does a, a good job in, in making sure that each and every member of the organization feels important, Frank Clark included. And you could see how much Andy Reid meant to him. Pete, you've covered Andy for a while in his time as a head coach here in, in Kansas City. And I know he's going to downplay the Philadelphia stuff. And But for him to go up against the Eagles, like how, how much do you think that actually does 
motivate or, or mean to him or, or matter, frankly, in this whole scenario as well, going up against a, a city that he spent 14 years at. Hate to give Nick a, a task here, but if you could pull up the first time the Chiefs beat the Eagles since he came to Kansas City and how he yells at Sal Palantonio, who <laughs> told him that he would never have a head coaching job in the NFL ever again. And leading up to that week, he called it just any other game. I, I think I know it's a long time ago, but that gives you a little bit of a glimpse into what this win would mean for Andy Reid. Andy Reid can't go into the Andy Reid Bowl and lose the Andy Reid Bowl. And I, I think he understands what this means for his legacy, although he will never say that at the podium, never try to make a game you know, any bigger than it is. But I, I think he truly has an understanding of, okay, uh, it's going to be all eyes on me to an extent. And this is, this is history. I mean, Andy Reid is a, a big, big proponent of the Pro Football Hall of Fame and winning a, a game against his former team, a franchise that he helped build, would just be another footnote in a, a long legacy of, of Andy Reid. So, yeah, I, I don't think we'll hear much about that, but it, it's certainly something that is going to matter to him, yes. And because, yeah, no, no coach, right? I, mean, I think five coaches have been to Super Bowls with multiple teams, but no, no coach, correct, has won a Super Bowl with two different teams. Is that right? Yeah, I'm, 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 I believe that that is correct. Usually when you have these historic head coaches, they're doing it with one team. The, the one franchise. Yeah, and, and it's hard to build a program, hard to trust more than one owner. You know, usually when something works out, that, that's a career head coach, but uh, it just goes to show, you know, we were talking about the, the Reed and, and Clark thing and, and being malleable for multiple personalities that's tough to do even with with ownership and Andy Reid has managed to do that now with two owners when you look at the, what's going to actually take to win this game Pete I know those conversations are reserved for next week as well but I think Orlando Brown Jr. has what I had to call his Chris Jones game show up and be the best player on the offensive line and have your best game of your career for the Chiefs or for anybody because the Eagles defensive line is great and you want a bunch of money, and you'd like that money to be with a winning organization, and you want it to be at left tackle, to me, this is his Chris Jones moment. Show up and be the best player. I mean, I, I don't know how many people are, are are thinking about this, but in a scenario where the Chiefs can't win, just as long as they don't allow a sack and we get to see Alex running around somewhere in Kansas City <laughs> in the nude, I think yeah. that's the main thing we're looking at. But, yeah, no, I think Orlando Brown's play is, is key. And I, I think if Orlando Brown Jr. has a good game, and I, you know, kind of going back to that Alex jokes aside, uh, just protecting Patrick Mahomes, I, I think there's two things. If, if they allow minimal sacks and Mahomes is allowed to work and you don't have to worry about the re-injury of a, a high ankle sprain, and you combine that with them simply taking care of the football. No interceptions, no fumbles from Isaiah Pacheco or Travis Kelsey you know, that we saw cost the Chiefs games uh, at times this year. Uh, then I, I think you're going to be in a really good position to win the football game. I, I've felt that way against anybody, and, I, and that, that becomes the Eagles included. I, I just don't think the Eagles have seen an opponent like the Chiefs or an opposing quarterback like the Chiefs. If you really bring up their schedule, sure, they have battered teams, but those teams are a lot weaker than, than they are, whereas I, I think the Chiefs have faced an up-and-coming contender in the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know they're not considered there yet but it, like let's wait till next year and then of course the Cincinnati Bengals who were right there with the Chiefs now I, I think this is the second best team they're facing this playoffs uh you know I, I think maybe the Bengals would beat the the Eagles so you just keep in mind you take care of the football you have ball security you play a clean efficient game you should win I think that the advantages we're talking about with Reed it's like 
Jalen Hurts is only in his third year. He hasn't had to play in a big game in the NFL, in my opinion, because the two NFC games he played in weren't hard games, Pete. I mean, once Brock Purdy went back in that game and couldn't throw, that game was over. And Nick Sirianni's only a second-year head coach. Normally, that's where we would give a huge advantage to, oh, I don't know, the quarterbacks who played in the Super Bowl three times in the last four years and one of the single best coaches in NFL history. Yeah, and and a lot of what Jalen Hurts does and and what he's good at and and you could win like this is the the dual threat uh, of being able to throw it at any time and run it at every time and be able to sustain hits and he was at the podium yesterday and he was being honest about that shoulder not being 100 percent and he was asked to put a number on it and was unwilling to do so and so i just think that could hinder him in in maybe wanting to do some of the things what, that he does best in, in acting like a, a running back and taking those hits. And if the Chiefs are able to do to the Eagles what they were able to accomplish in the AFC title game, which was hitting Joe Burrow what, five, six, 10, 12 times, get to getting the five sacks, and you're testing that shoulder, which is legal. I'm not saying hit him dirty, but yeah, don't that. pull a Mike Florio, <laughs> man. People can be all <laughs> over you. Don't pull Florio, a Florio yeah. like a couple Super Bowls ago. No. No, but you know, <laughs> test them, bring them to the ground, and 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 you know that's part of the game too. I, I'm sure the Bengals came into last Sunday and said, let's make sure we're we're testing Patrick Mahomes, getting to him, you know, as much as possible. And I, I think that could could play a, a factor in it. I don't think this is a 100% Jalen Hurts. If this was a fresh Jalen Hurts, maybe it would be closer in, in my mind. I don't think either quarterback's 100%, right? I mean, you heard from Mahomes yesterday, and we know it's a couple more weeks removed from the high ankle sprain, but he's still not going to even be 100% either. No, although, I mean, you just, eye test-wise, you you look at how he performed in the AFC Championship, and then you, you know, you look toward, toward this game, and it's 14 days later, and I'm sure he's continuing... The treatment, and I just I feel like he is going to be closer to the Mahomes we know than he was last game. And I, I thought he was pretty damn close in the AFC title, and so I I know that it's annoying uh, a gap between the Super Bowl when you have this bye week. You're like, why can't we just get to this game? And I know everyone here in Kansas City is looking forward to it. People should be thrilled that there's a bye week this year because not only Mahomes, but there's just a laundry list of important players that are currently injured that can really use that extra week. And I think the Chiefs will be a lot closer to 100%. In the Super Bowl stands, of course, McCole Hardman, who we don't think will play. Yeah, that, that seems fairly obvious based on the way Andy Reid was talking that McCole won't play. It, I guess, how do you remember his time? Like, if this is the last game, if the AFC title game is the last game he played in Kansas City, what is the McCole Hardman era down to, Pete? Yeah, I, I think I know that I'm giving you multiple words here, but I, I think because I saw the C dot tweet yesterday, but, uh, we can have multiple words in this show. Full sentences, even if you want, I don't care. Okay, here's my full <laughs> sentence on the call, Harden. I just think he was dealt a bad hand. I I think that a lot of the the reason he was chosen as high as he was, and among other wide receivers, which has been one of the complaints this entire time is because he was a, a close comparison or as close as you could get to what Tyreek Hill brings to the table. And the Chiefs were building their offense through Kelsey and Hill and then not knowing if Hill would play another game in the NFL at the time or you know that year. And then all of a sudden Hill was back, zero games, all the off-the-field stuff. And McCole Hardman took a back seat then, and, and Hill 
developed and further developed into one of the top wide receivers in the, in the game. And then all of a sudden, wow, the trade happens. You know, finally, this is the time. We, we can finally lean into McCole Hardman and see what he can do. No, nope, uh, we're just going to get the guy that stretches the field from Green Bay, and we're going to bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, a reliable possession receiver. We're going to draft a receiver that will lead into your snaps. We're going to bring in a guy, Justin Watson, off the street, who's going to cut into some of your would-be receptions. Uh, you know, you, you're going to bring in a Kadarius Tony midseason, and by the way, you're going to miss half the year because of an injury. It's been a bad hand. And I think if you're a McCall Hardman fan out there, you'd like to see the Chiefs find a way to just give him one more shot at this and, you know, what would be a, a one-year deal. And sometimes guys will take those deals and we'll see how the Chiefs value him. I, I think it's a, a question of, okay, uh, does it make sense? Does the player want to want to be here? Uh, a lot of questions to be asked surrounding McCall Hardman, but I, I, I think he's a, a talented player, could probably be a number two somewhere i just don't know if that's going to be in kansas city moving forward the other player clyde edwards alaire we know he's practicing he's still not been active ever since he he got hurt much earlier on in the season and now when we've seen what pacheco's done we see what mckinnon has been able to do like barring something terrible happening next week at a practice like i i don't think clyde's playing in the super bowl right well i i think you got to watch what happens with mccall hardman because you could put him on ir and that opens up another spot on the chiefs now would that go to Clyde? I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I I think he is a a player that is due, in my opinion, for a change of scenery. Maybe in 2024. I know that he's got another year, but um, it, you know, I I don't think even if you, I think if you see him activated, I don't think it's going to be to play a major role in this game. You know, I think it'll be in a, a role of, and it's weird to say this, but maybe if Rojo and his gets hurt in one of his snaps that he gets, you know, maybe you have Clyde there, right? It would take a, I think it would take a few ailments to, to get him going because I, Andy does have this tendency of when things are going well, you know, we're not going to to rattle anything. Like, you know, that's why even as much as people were wanting to see Lucas Niang or Prince Tego and Nogo replace Andrew Wiley. It's like, no, the Chiefs were busy winning 14 games, and so you don't really mess with that along the offensive line. I, I kind of feel like that about the running back rotation at this stage. It's just too good at this point. Like, I would be frustrated, I think, if they even tried to mess with it. That goes back to the McColl thing, too. The reason why I'm not worried he's out of the game, even though I was hopeful he would come back earlier in the season because I thought they used him in the red zone well and he had a defined role that worked, Pete, is they learned to play without him. They just gave the ball to Jarek McKinnon a bunch in the red zone, and they got Jody Fortson back. Like, to me, they still have options inside the red zone where I thought McCall Hardman might have been the most productive. Yeah, and and I, I think the good news is, too, is, you know, you look at the guys that are injured on offense and Juju and, and, and uh, Kadarius, and even though they were out of practice yesterday, we went out to the media look and they were watching from the, the sideline. You didn't see McColl out there because I, I just think at this stage, it's it's going to be tough. I know that Garrett, Mike Garofalo of NFL Network has kind of clarified a little bit as a core muscle injury. He looked pretty banged up and, and a lot of pain after the game, after they won the, the championship game. So don't, don't expect to see him, but I, I think you will have a full receiver room. Dustin Watson's been back to practice. You got Jujisman Schuster, who Andy Reid has said, good bet that he returns to practice once they get to Arizona. And we're feeling good about Kadarius Tony because Reid was forthcoming and saying that he was close as well. And so you're going to be as close to 100% as possible on Sunday. I even feel that way about Legarius Sneed, who we, we spotted warming up. That means that he's likely at least in phase two of the five-step phases to come back from concussion protocol. So 
Chiefs are in good shape, and, and they're fortunate this time. Um, I guess every year you could say they're fortunate to have this bye week to, to get healthy. Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs insider from Arrowhead Pride. Of course, great work throughout the season. Plenty of great work coming your way for Super Bowl week as well. Appreciate it, Pete. We'll see you next week. All right. See you guys in AZ. There you go. That's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.